What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Going to go over the Week 10 matchups with you. Uh, going to go over uh, wide receiver corner matchups. Going to go over, you know, obviously the running back matchups. Going to go over, um, you know, the trends and guys who have been trending up and down over the past few weeks. Uh, we're going to go over um, just usage, right? Like as I go over these teams and, and these fantasy relevant players. By the way, I'm going to hit every fantasy relevant player pretty much. Uh, over these next two podcast episodes, I'm going to go over the first seven games uh, in this episode, and then the next seven games is going to come out uh, on Friday, and, and that's how I usually do it uh, throughout the season. So uh, let's get prepared, man. Five weeks left of the fantasy football season before the rec- before the fantasy playoffs start. Um, so it's crunch time, baby. It's crunch time. Our decisions matter more now, um, and let's get right into it. So let's let's start with the Ravens at the Dolphins, uh, forty-seven and a half over under on Thursday night. Uh, the Ravens are favored by seven and a half points. You're ob- obviously starting Lamar Jackson as a high-end QB one. Uh, Latavius Murray is listed as doubtful, so I think Devontae Freeman is a solid flex play this week. His snaps have gone up each of the last two weeks, um, and, and he was hovering around sixty percent this past week. And I have to say, you know, he's been playing relatively well. You know, somebody who's you know, somebody who's, who looks at Devontae Freeman, and he's just, I'm just like, he's old. You know, what, what does he have left? But he, he's been averaging almost six yards per carry, almost eight yards per reception. Not bad. Um, this is a solid matchup. Uh, so I'm okay starting him. Um, Le'Veon Bell uh, would be a desperate play if you're hoping for a touchdown score. You know, maybe some, you know, some run. Maybe he gets some runs to close out the game late uh, if, if the Ravens do go up. Uh, Marquise Brown is a wide receiver one. Uh, I've been saying this for a while now. He's a he has a 28 percent target share this season, and the Ravens are passing the ball more. Uh, and he's a baller. He he's getting it done with the opportunity that he's getting. And and this is kind of what we saw last year with more opportunity. Um, you know his efficiency was really good, right? Um, and we know this matchup is good. The Dolphins are allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this year, the seventh most over the last four weeks. So good matchup, um, and obviously this matchup also applies to Rashad Bateman. However, Sammy Watkins did practice in full on Tuesday, so it's very likely that he returns on Thursday night. Uh, we have no idea that how that's going to affect Bateman's playing time. You know, he's had a pretty good start to his NFL career, right? Nothing eye-popping uh, on the stat sheet, but he definitely has demanded targets, and he has been relatively productive. Um, so he's someone I want to keep stash, and you know, but the thing is, like with Watkins' return, I just rather wait and see to how this plays out, right? Like, will Bateman take Watkins' job? Will it be a rotation? And, and you can play Bateman um, because of the matchup, but it just seems a little bit risky to me. Uh, Mark Andrew got his ten targets last week, but he's had subpar fantasy finishes over the last two games. But keep starting him as a solid tight end one. Now his routes his routes have dropped over the last few games, and that kind of sucks. Uh, but he's still being targeted when he's on the field. So, And this is a good matchup. So I'm good starting Mark Andrews, obviously. Uh, Tua is a game-time decision. Uh, and I think he can be a fine streamer this week if you're really in need of a quarterback. I mean, the Dolphins put a lot on their quarterback. So I think, and Tua has got done uh, before he got hurt before, he hurt, before he hurt his finger. So I'm okay starting him. Uh, either way, I think both Jalen Waddle and Gesicki are good plays. You have to be happy with Jalen Waddle's involvement, regardless of who is behind center. 27% target share each of the last two weeks is what you want to see, right? Uh, Baltimore secondary has let up over the last four weeks, giving up the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. 
Uh, Baltimore has also given up the second most fantasy points to tight ends this season and the fifth most over the last four weeks. Um, they've also given up three touchdowns to the tight end position over the last four weeks. So good news for Mike Gusecki going into Thursday night. Jaguars at the Colts. Uh, 47.5 over under the Colts are favored by 10.5 points, uh, even though the Jaguars just beat the Bills last week. <laughs> um, but James Robinson, he might be back this week. I'm hoping he gets a full practice in this week. And if he goes, uh, he'll be in my lineup as an RB2. And I'm only I'm kind of tempering expectations a bit uh, for the chance that he doesn't get his full workload in that first game back, kind of kind of make sure that that heel is good to go. Usually, I'd be ranking him as a borderline RB one, um, and if he doesn't go, Hyde would be an RB two play, given the fact that he received twenty three opportunities on seventy nine percent of snaps last week without Robinson. Uh, yardage wise, this isn't a tough matchup, um, but the Colts have allowed only two rushing touchdowns all season, uh, despite allowing the twelfth most rushing attempts. Uh, it's pretty tough uh, to trust any Jaguars wide receiver right now. The targets are pretty spread out. Um, you know, so Marvin Jones would probably be the best play for me this week. The Colts are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to that right perimeter where Jones runs most of his routes from. Um, this is definitely a beatable secondary. Um, we saw what, you know, what these Jets wide receivers did last week, um, you know, especially Elijah Moore. Uh, but Jamal Agnew, he's been solid out of the slot. He's a little bit tough to trust, I guess. Uh, I would say he's like a deep league PPR flex option. Uh, And then Marvin is an upside flex this week because of the good matchup. Uh, Dan Arnold, though, over 60 yards in three of his last four games. He's a low-end tight end one right now. He's hovering around 75% of routes, so he's definitely startable moving forward. The Colts have been vulnerable against tight ends, too. Uh, They've given up the fifth most fantasy points uh, to tight ends this year. And because of the decent matchups all over, if you're desperate at quarterback, Trevor Lawrence is a solid, you know, deep option if you need one. Um, Jonathan Taylor can't be stopped right now. You know, he's morphed into the new Derrick Henry at this point. He scored eight rushing touchdowns over the last six weeks. Uh, Believe it or not, Jacksonville has actually been one of the better run defenses in the NFL. Uh, But still, you know, you're starting Taylor as a high-end RB1. Uh, Michael Pittman, same thing. Dude is balling. Five touchdowns over the last five weeks. Unquestioned wide receiver one in Indy. And he's getting it done with and without volume. You just got to keep starting him as a wide receiver too. Jacksonville has given up the fifth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. So this is a good matchup. Uh, Carson Wentz, solid streamer as well. Matter of fact, by the numbers, he's the QB 10 on the year. So very startable. Uh, Browns at the Patriots. The Patriots are favored by two points, 45 point over under. Um, Nick Chubb, sta- Nick Chubb's status for the weekend is up in the air. He tested positive for COVID, so there's a chance, uh, a decent chance he's out this week. He did test positive early in the week, like on Monday. Um, so you know he'll need a couple of negative tests to be cleared. But for now, Dearness Johnson is the guy in that backfield. And by the way, like Chubb is vaccinated, which means that he only needs those uh, two positive tests. Um, you know, if, if he, if he wasn't vaccinated, then he'll be, you know, 100% declared out. So is there a chance for Chubb this week? Yes, there is. Uh, but for now, Darius Johnson, you know, is the guy in that backfield. Uh, and we saw what he did a few Thursday nights ago with Chubb and Hunt both out, right? He killed it. Uh, and by the way, Demetric Felton also tested positive. So this is going to be Johnson's backfield this week. Most likely these guys are ruled out. Uh, but last time around, Johnson played in every situation, goal line, hurry up, everything, 
right? Um, the Patriots are giving up the ninth most rushing yards this season, the ninth most ninth most rushing yards over the last four weeks as well. So I'd probably rank him as a high-end RB2 this week if Chubb does not go. Jarvis Landry led, led the team in target share last week, but the team hardly threw the ball. The Patriots are kind of, you know, like middle of the pack when it comes to defending wide receivers. They've done a good job against slot wide receivers, uh, but the Browns run a lot of 12 personnel, so Landry is going to get some time outside as well. I would say he's a wide receiver three for me, uh, with the Browns expected to pass more this week and with him, you know, expected to lead them in targets. Donovan Peoples-Jones is getting the valuable targets um, that you're looking for. Um, you know, but if you're hoping for that deep bomb touchdown this week, the Patriots have given up the seventh least 40 plus yard passing plays this week, uh, this year. Uh, he's still a boom bust option for you, right? And also, you know, you got to keep in mind that he's got it done in three straight games. Um, so I don't blame you for sticking him in your lineup this week to raise, you know, your fantasy team's upside. I would say he's like an upside flex this week. And if he does it again, you kind of have to find a way to keep him in your lineup from here on out. Uh, Jacoby Myers, four targets last week, extremely disappointing, but he's had a tough, ma- he had a tough matchup. He's actually had a few tough matchups lately. Um, now, if you look at his entire season, he's actually, he's had three games over 44 yards receiving weeks, three through five. Other than that, 44 receiving yards or less. His targets are over the last five games, five, six, seven, nine, four. Like you can't even depend on that volume with him right he, he's just a ppr flex play at best right now and his ceiling is like not apparent right like he doesn't have one so the matchup out of the actually he does have one and it's really low <laughs> the matchup like out of the slot this week is middle of the pack so it's nothing like glaring where you're like he has to be in my lineup this week uh hunter henry is a touchdown dependent option at tight end he scored a touchdown in five of his last six games though uh the browns have given up one touchdown to tight ends over the last four weeks uh, and four touchdowns to tight ends over the course of the season. So, you know, the matchup isn't ideal, but, you know, Hunter Henry is the guy that Matt Jones is looking for when they get in the red zone. Um, okay, almost forgot about the running back situation here. Both Damien Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are in the concussion protocol. It seems like, like to me that, like, Harris's might be worse only, you know, only by the way that they came off the field in that game last week, I ain't no doctor. I have no idea. Don't listen to me when it comes to this stuff. But, you know, Stevenson would have some upside this week if Harris can't go and if Stevenson gets cleared, right? Because he'll likely get some targets on top of his rushing. Now, if both of them can't go, Brandon Bolden would be a PPR RB2 play and J.J. Taylor would be a desperate flex option. If both Harris and Stevenson are cleared, you know, we saw that this was a bit of a three-man backfield even before they suffered their concussions during their game last week. So Harris gets a bit of a downgrade moving forward. I'd sell now if I can personally. If Stevenson can't go and Harris can, then, you know, he gets his old rollback as the clear early down back. You know, still relatively touchdown dependent though. Uh, the matchup for running backs, you know, against the Browns is okay. Not the best in the world, not the worst. Um, but yeah, I think I went through all of the permutations there <laughs> for the possibilities uh, for this backfield. Um, 
Falcons at the Cowboys. The Cowboys favored by nine points, 53 over under. Uh, keep starting Cordell Patterson. At least five targets in every game since week two. And, you know, he's being targeted down the field as well. Um, at least nine rushing attempts in every game since week five. He's playing more as a wide receiver as well with Calvin really out. And he's getting his carries. So just keep starting him. He's a running back one. He's a wide receiver one. Where, whatever you want to play him, wherever you want to play him, whatever you want to call him, just start him. Uh, Kyle Pitts is still a high-end tight end one. He's getting the targets, you know, being targeted downfield. That's what you want to see. This is a bit of a tough matchup, but my guess is that there will be some volume to go around this week against the Cowboys in Dallas. Um, you know, obviously, they didn't do that last week, but this should be a bounce-back game for Dallas. Uh, Russell Gage hit a 30% target share last week. That can honestly go up and down. I don't necessarily trust that it stays there or anywhere close to it, uh, but Dallas, you know, they have given up the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Um, but Russell Gage does run a lot of his routes from the slot. Um, and Dallas is a tough matchup out of the slot. Um, they have gotten a lot better lately. I'd say Gage is like a desperate PPR flex option for the most part. I think the Cowboys do bounce back this week. Like I said, it, w- it was a pretty bad showing for them against the Broncos at home. Um, it's a, it was a bit uncharacteristic for Dak and that high-powered offense. So I'm still starting Dak. Pretty easily as a QB1, solid QB1 this week. Um, now, Zeke is a little bit banged up uh, with a knee injury. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony uh, Pollard had a bit more work in this one. So if you need a desperate RB2 you know, or a flex option, I'm not saying that that Pillard is an RB2, but you know, in case you're in a jam at that spot. Um, I think Pollard is a desperate option that might make some sense this week. The Falcons have given up the seventh most fantasy run- points to running backs, and the game script will likely be in the Cowboys' favor all game long. So, uh, and, and by the way, like if Z- I'm assuming Zeke plays, I'm playing him as a low-end RB1 this week because of the injury. Uh, Amari Cooper, he's banged up again, uh, this time with a hamstring injury. He didn't run a ton of routes. Last week, uh, CeeDee Lamb probably gets an upgrade because of it going into this week. CeeDee Lamb had nine targets uh, last week, and there were a few of them that if they connected on, like we would be thinking about CeeDee Lamb very differently going into this week, honestly. Um, It just seemed like an off day for this offense overall. You know, Dak had CD multiple times deep, you know, for a potential touchdown. Uh, But he's a high-end wide receiver to play for me this week. The matchup is fine. Um, I think Amari plays, so I'd play him as a low-end wide receiver too if he doesn't get a full practice in this week. Uh, Dalton Schultz didn't have a huge game last week, but his usage in terms of routes per dropback was the best it's been all year uh, with Blake Jarwin now on short-term IR. Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup is expected back this week, so targets will likely be more distributed. Um, now, if you need a wide receiver, I wouldn't blame you if you threw Gallup in your lineup as a flex. Uh, you know, on a good offense, why not? Uh, but he's a solid stash, though, if you're not playing him. And Schultz is a tight end one right now. And by the way, I do like the Cowboys defense this week for fantasy as well. All right, moving on to the Bills at the Jets. The Bills are favored by 13 points, 47.5 over under. Josh Allen, high on QB1, bad game last week, should bounce back this week, although the Jets have been, you know, playing well against better teams. Um, (laughs) We'll see. Uh, But Devin Singletary might be the RB1 for the Bills this week because of Zach Moss's concussion. Um, I would monitor how Moss is progressing or not progressing through the protocol at the end of the week. Usually when players return to any capacity of practice, that means they're progressing relatively well um, through a concussion protocol, so keep that in mind. Moving forward, uh, if Moss is out, I play Singletary as a high-end RB2 against, you know, 
the most fantasy-friendly defense when it comes to giving up points to running back. So if Moss is a go, he's an upside flex play for me. Uh, Stephon Diggs, borderline wide receiver, one start. Hasn't had the season we all wanted. Uh, but those touchdowns should start coming through. Um, he's only had three on the season so far. Uh, the Jets have given up the ninth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks. Uh, but they have held it down for the most part over the course of the season. Uh, Dawson Knox is back at practice off of IR, but no word on whether he'll be activated to the 53-man roster and play this week. If that happens, I'd be off of Cole Beasley. Um, now, Knox might not get a full snap share, but once he does, that won't mean good things for Beasley um, because they'll probably start moving into a lot, of, lot more 12 personnel. I'd personally be selling him right now if I can. Um, him averaging... You know, Beasley averaging 12 targets over the last three games can get you something solid. I mean, I'd package him up with another piece uh, to upgrade at whatever position you need to upgrade at. Um, Knox is probably a low-end tight end one if he does play this week. Beasley, a PPR flex option. Uh, if Knox is out, I would say Beasley, Beasley would be a PPR wide receiver three for me. And, um, you know, he might have another good game this week. So, you know, even better if you're looking to sell with Knox coming back. The Jets have given up the 8th most fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last 4 and the 10th most for this season. Now on the Jets side, Mike White is getting the start. This is obviously an extremely tough matchup overall for this offense. Uh, Michael Carter is probably the only guy I'm willing to start on this offense, especially in PPR, because Mike White might be peppering his running backs like we've seen before. So I'd probably rank Carter as a low-end running back 2 this week, and then Ty Johnson would be a desperate PPR flex play for the same reason. But you're really just banking on that, right? That Mike White is peppering his running backs. That's what you're banking on. And just to add, you know, just to rack up receptions. But that's about it. Um, Elijah Moore is a guy that we, we all want to be able to start, but it's a tough matchup this week. Uh, the Bills are the best team against wide receivers, especially perimeter wide receivers. And we also don't know the effect Corey Davis's return will have on Moore's routes. I'm probably staying away this week, um, but out of all the Jets wide receivers, I think Moore is the one I'd want to start. Bills defense, great fantasy start this week. Uh, moving on to the Saints at the Titans. Uh, the Titans are favored by three points, 45 point over under. I'd probably avoid this Titans backfield completely this week. Peterson led them in carries last week. He wasn't too effective. Uh, McNichols did lead them in snaps, and he'll be he'll be the guy on the field when the Titans need to pass the ball. Um, so out of all these options as of today, I would say McNichols is probably the best asset. Uh, Deontay Foreman looked the best of the three when running the ball, so I think he's a solid stash in deeper leagues in case he becomes the guy on early downs over Peterson. Now overall, though, this week, very tough matchup against the Saints. It, this, I mean, it looks like an A.J. Brown game to me. He might get the shadow from Marshawn Latimer, but that's okay. The Saints are giving up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks. If Lattimore doesn't shadow, then Brown is going to eat on that right side where he runs most of his routes from because the Saints have given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers on that right side. He's a wide receiver one. Moving forward. Um, Julio Jones has a good matchup too. He finally looks to be back and healthy. He ran around on 84% of dropbacks last week, so that's good. He's a wide receiver three for me this week in this matchup. Ryan Tannehill, right? He's a low-end QB1 this week. It's going to be on his shoulders moving forward for the most part, and especially in this matchup, you know, given their backfield and the fact that the Saints don't let anyone win on the ground. Now, on the Saints side, I'm a little bit worried about Alvin Kamara's injury. 
He didn't practice on Wednesday, and usually that shouldn't be an issue. But beat reporters have have a bit of a concern as well, and and is here is they're hearing that there is an actual injury here. Um, they've also been working out running backs as well. Um, Nick Underhill is reporting that Kamara does in fact have a mild knee sprain um, and can potentially miss this week. Um, and who knows? Maybe it's longer, right? Um, Kamara would be in my lineup if he's active, uh, but if he's not, Ingram becomes a high-end RB2 play. I'm sure he'd be used in both the run and pass games, um, and this team doesn't have weapons otherwise. It's possible Taysom Hill gets the start for the Saints this week. Sean Payton was non-committal on Wednesday when asked who will start at quarterback. We saw Taysom Hill come in at times last week, and if Hill becomes a QB, I would take another shot at Marquez Callaway as a bench stash, personally. And if Taysom Hill does start, he's a fantasy QB1 in my eyes. I'd be totally willing to start him. Because of the rushing ability, and because of the fact that when they're near the goal line, it's a pretty good chance that he's going to score. Okay, the, moving on to the Bucks at the Washington football team. Uh, this, this is an 51.5 over under 9.5 um, point favorite for the Bucks. Tom Brady in my lineup has a solid QB1, despite the fact that he might be without two of his wide receivers, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. Bruce Arians said that Godwin is dealing with a foot injury, and his status for this week is uncertain. AB was seen walking gingerly this week, so my guess is that he won't be in in the lineup this week. Uh, but Mike Evans is obviously a must-play wide receiver one this week with both these guys banged up. Tyler Johnson gets a boost too. Uh, and he becomes a start-worthy PPR flex play if these guys are out. Uh, great matchup as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a high-end running back, too, because of the offense that he's on uh, and the fact that he's pretty involved in the pass game. And he might get a few more looks this week, too, because of the injuries at wide receiver. Uh, hopefully, Gronk get, got some well-needed rest You know, with the bye week. Hopefully, he'll be ready to go. Um, you know, after he had the back spasms when he tried to return before the bye, bye but we'll see. Like, you know, Gronk can play this week if he plays, like, and, you know, if you need a tight end, like, desperately, I'll throw him in my lineup, but, you know, if you have someone solid, maybe I'll stick with, stick with that guy, that low-end tight end one that you already have, that you've been playing without Gronk. I'm starting Terry McLaurin as a wide receiver, too. I'm embracing the volatil- volatility with him because he has these boom weeks that, you know, you can't, you can't have that on your bench, right? Um, but this is a matchup he can do better in. Uh, Tampa, by the way, has played a lot better against wide receivers lately. They've definitely stepped up, just so you know. right? This wasn't the cakewalk matchup it was earlier in the year. But, you know, there is, still is some upside in this matchup with McLaurin, especially given the fact that, you know, most likely Tampa will be up in this game. I'm probably avoiding this backfield. In Washington, like the only running back I'd be willing to start is J.D. McKissick in PPR. Uh, the Bucks front is tough. Washington will likely be down. Um, he's a PPR flex play for me. Antonio Gibson is a flex play too, I guess, but you're really just hoping you know, for, for a touchdown plunge or two touchdown plunges or something like that. Uh, Jared Patterson, you know, besting him in carries before the bye. That should scare you a little bit if you have Gibson, if you still have him, and if, you're still, if you still haven't been able to trade him. No, I've been I've been telling people to trade Gibson, but like you know, obviously you can't just like trade just Gibson for another fantasy asset that's worth it. You you know you pair Gibson with another player. Like Gibson needs to be the cherry on top and like the hope hopeful stash that you're, you're giving somebody rather than like the the centerpiece of a deal because no one wants that. 
Uh, Logan Thomas can come back this week, so but no word on whether he will. If he doesn't return, Ricky Seals-Jones is actually a pretty good play. Uh, both these guys would be, like depending on who plays. Um, if Thomas plays, he'll be a good start too, um, in fact. right. Uh, but the Bucks have been vulnerable to the tight end position, so there is some upside here. And I would rank both these guys as like low-end tight end ones this week. And that's it. That's all I got. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, great weekend. It's already Thursday. So I um, hope you guys enjoy the game on Thursday night. Um, and I'll be back tomorrow on Friday with part two uh, and the rest of these seven matchups. Kind of doing the same thing I did in this episode. So thank you guys so much, so much for listening. I'm Faraz. I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. Uh, make sure to check me out there. Um, and if you can, subscribe to the podcast. That will be amazing. Thank you guys. Take it easy. See ya.